A Tricky Kid Media original presentation distributed by iHeartRadio. Hey all you fans, marks, smarks, jobbers, cheerers, and jeerers. Get ready for an exciting bout of no-holds-barred fun. I'm Dana French, and this is Wrestling. Welcome to an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we take on all corners in the world of professional wrestling. We will be talking with legends from the past, the best talent of today, and rising stars of the future. Don't miss weekly post-show analysis, guest commentary, and live remotes from the matches with your host, a veteran of calling the action ringside, Roy Turner. While we take a short commercial break, you should too from trying to get yourself over. And since you're listening to this, you probably have disposable income. So let our great sponsors tell you how to put it to good use. Now, back to the action. Ring the bell. That does it for us this week. We hope you had a slamming good time and be sure to join us next week for more in-ring action. Hey, all you fans, marks, smarks, jobbers, cheerers, and jeerers. Get ready for an exciting bout of no-holds-barred fun. I'm Dana French, and this is Wrestling. Welcome to an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we take on all corners in the world of professional wrestling. We will be talking with legends from the past, the best talent of today, and rising stars of the future. Don't miss weekly post-show analysis, guest commentary, and live remotes from matches with your host, a veteran of calling the action ringside, Roy Turner. While we take a short commercial break, you should too from trying to get yourself over. And since you're listening to this, you probably have disposable income. So let our sponsors tell you how to put it to good use. Now, back to the action. Ring the bell. That does it for us this week. We hope you had a slamming good time, and be sure to join us next week for more in-ring action. Don't miss weekly post-show analysis, guest commentary, and live remotes from the matches with your host, a veteran of calling the action ringside, Roy Turner. While we take a short commercial break, you should too from trying to get yourself over. And since you're listening to this, you probably have disposable income. So let our sponsors tell you how to put it to good use. Hey all you fans, marks, smarks, jobbers, cheerers and jeerers. Get ready for an exciting bout with no holds barred fun. I'm Dana French and this is Wrestling. All right, everybody. Hey, uh, it's your host as always. It's your boy Roy Turner, a.k.a. DJ a Tricky Kid. We have just returned from Los Angeles from SoFi Stadium for the entire WrestleMania 39 extravaganza. The gentleman to my right is my man Chris McDonald, who was also in the house all weekend long. Chris, welcome to This Is Wrestling. Thanks. This is wild. First, I want to thank our friends at El Segundo Brewery. If you're wrestling fans, you maybe have tried uh, the Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken Skull IPA. It came out with American Lager uh, last year. We did that for WrestleMania. So, but since WrestleMania was actually in Los Angeles, obviously you guys know the El Segundo was just, you know, a few, like four miles from the stadium in SoFi there. We visited the brewery and were so kind to gift us we do a weekly show, but this is a big one, where we have all types of guests coming and going and having a great time. I have a big gift bag from, from Mattel. 
I'm excited just to show you guys. So we're going to be doing unboxings. We're going to tell you some things you didn't see. We've got a, a little bit of inside scoop. We're going to tell you some stories. We also want to hear from you. We'll take an academic approach in terms. But I realize what a bubble we live in. We're talking heel turn, pop, bump, shine, squat, you know, all, all the terms. I like to keep it pure. I enjoy the show. I enjoy watching and having a good time. So you had a quick trip. You were in and out. Yeah, yeah, just the weekend. Yes. Yeah, so, so up on WrestleMania Saturday and just left on Saturday, on uh, Monday. I had to be there first thing Friday morning for the Raw Talent press conference. It was a little rough. I could have skipped this entirely. Mm -hmm. To kick everything off, the one, two, three punch of SmackDown and the Hall of Fame, which are now a combined event right. for one ticket. And then right after that, across the street is an entertainment complex. You have Undertaker's One Dead Man show. Yeah. It started at 11 o'clock. Nice. And I had to be at Mattel at 8.30 the next morning. <laughs> Smackdown. Started with the Montez Ford versus Chad Gable versus Ricochet versus Eric Ivar. Winner was Ricochet. Used to the Andre the Giant Battle Royal was something that was part of the main WrestleMania show, right? Okay. Do you prefer? And now it's been relegated to some some little thing on SmackDown. Some of my favorite memories of the last few Manias before they decided to do that were that battle royal. That whole moment that Cesaro had, those were some big moments in WrestleMania, right? Yeah, they were. Now yeah. it just seems like just fodder for SmackDown. I think it's fine being on SmackDown. The battle royals, they're kind of just like big clusters. This was the ninth Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. The reason why I love it is because that's what I, wrestling to me, no disrespect, I don't need to see Kurt Angle ha and Bob Backlund hug for 90 minutes in this classic Matt wrestling thing. I want to see big cartoonish dudes yeah. doing cartoonish shit, of course. Yeah. Um, so Otis, Angelo Dawkins, Sendo Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, this is like jobber list, Cruz Del Toro, Mace, Mansoor, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallo, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, Angel Umberto, Ashante the Adonis, Top Dalla, AJ Francis, Johnny Gargano, Dexter Loomis, Butch, Rich Holland, Dolph Ziggler, Mustafa Ali, Rick Boogs, Elias, Xavier Woods, LA Knight, Karrion Cross, Baron Corbin, Bronson Reed, uh, and then last year's winter, Mad Cat Moss. Literally have no idea who almost half of those people are. <laughs> Matt Cap Moss won last year? Your boy Corbin. I remember when he won. That's fine if it's on WrestleMania, <laughs> but I don't think it's bad having it on SmackDown. I'm saying, but if it was important to WWE, it would be on the main show. Yeah. By being there, it's showing you that it's not that important to them. I think they had the winner come out, so it was Bobby Lashley. Right. That one day, he did a segment, I think it was Saturday Night One, maybe. Yeah. And he just came out and waved to the crowd. Nothing about any of that that's, that says anything other than we have nothing for Bobby Lashley. We have to have something for Bobby Lashley. It's the day before WrestleMania. We still have nothing for Bobby Lashley. Mm -hmm. I think All originally that the plan was him and Bray Wyatt. They had a program with Brock. They think it set up a rematch at WrestleMania, but then that changed. And then Bobby and Lashley doing things with Bray Wyatt. 
and that changed. We should give him something. To make him whole, right? I don't think anybody looked at that and went, man, that made Bobby Lashley bigger than what he was. In fact, I think it made him look smarter. So Bobby wins the Battle Royal, mm -hmm. all right? Because they don't want anybody getting hurt. An hour and 15 minutes in, and this is only the third match. Yeah. And the first women's match, Natalia, Raquel Rodriguez, Shayna Baszler, and Sonya Deville. The fatal four-way. And Raquel Rodriguez is on the climb. A fellow Texan, we had Raquel on the show last summer. She's awesome, wonderful. I'm super impressed with her. I think Sonya looks tough. I've always liked her. Shane is obviously legitimately tough. Both actual UFC fighters. Raquel, I don't know if she's a legitimate badass, but she looks great and the crowd responded to her. I think it was a way to put Raquel over in time for WrestleMania who won the match. So, so that was pretty cool. A final match was the Sheamus and Drew McIntyre versus Giovanni, Vinci, and Ludwig Kaiser. Okay, the Imperium should be something that I wouldn't be interested in. I think that entire presentation of the way they come out from the fucking logo to just that backlit white thing to the way they stand, yeah. the way they do in the formation and the coat, it is the fucking coolest thing for me in wrestling right now. I love those guys. Yeah, it's great. And it is odd that it's gotten so popular and it's so over and uh, that the crowd's really responding to it because you've seen so many these, uh, you know, foreign <laughs> wrestlers that come over and, are, you know, are big monster heels like Vladimir Kozlov. Right. Um, that just, like, don't really connect with the crowd. So that's like... But I think, you know, the, the entrance is awesome. Like you said, the Imperium is great. You know, he's got a couple of goons with him. Um, but they look great too, though, man. They, yeah. they, they all, I, you know, and it's funny because that could have been relegated just to the whole NXT mm -hmm. UK right. product, and he could just be the champion there. Yeah, but it's really translated. It is really, because you're even taking a guy like me that is normally would just be like, that, that would be my bathroom break, right? Yeah. Okay. And I, I can't take my eyes off those guys. I think that they're just phenomenal. It's just, there's just, it's real. I love the presentation. Uh, like Gunter, I'm legitimately afraid of him, and that's what you're. That's what you're supposed to be. You're supposed right. to be legitimately afraid of him, and I am. And I'm all in. And if you think like ten years ago, something like that might have been relegated, really almost like a comedy act or something. Yeah, like that. Uh, I want to say this very quickly. My nephew Jake, his grandfather is unfortunately at the end, and Jake is dealing with that right now. Uh, Jake was supposed to join us here, and I, and I know he would much rather be here than dealing what he's dealing with, and and. Jake has a couple really great stories about us at WrestleMania 32, and I and he's the world's biggest Rey Mysterio fan, and I really think that he, we would really would have benefited from his input. Now we're about to get into the Hall of Fame, and I and I even messaged him to see if he was still going to be able to. Make. Obviously, I'm not going to pressure him. They want to say that we're thinking about you, Jake. We love you, and we're sorry that you're dealing with this right now. We wish that you were here with us right now. Okay, so <clears throat> Hall of Fame time. Hall of Fame used to be literally its own event. Yeah. Now, based upon what we saw this year, I couldn't imagine anybody, and I love Rey Mysterio, and I absolutely love Stacey Kabler. The Hall of Fame for me is actually my favorite event of the year. People are out of character, and they're telling stories in front of their families, in front of their peers. It's just special. 
I always love going to the Hall of Fame. It was always the night before WrestleMania when it was, and it still is technically, mm-hmm. but when WrestleMania was only one night, it was on the Saturday. I know why they would do that to the Hall of Fame. And I wanted to tell you guys, you got to want to make plans right now. The Ubi Doobie Festival is just around the corner. It is coming. April 22nd to the 23rd, two huge nights at the Panther Island Pavilion in Fort Worth, Texas. It's a great location. I've been out there a hundred times. I've performed out there uh, for some of the some some bigger raves out there uh, and bigger events. Disco Donnie presents Ubi Doobie, and man, the lineup is just like a like a murderer's row of all your favorites from Cascade to to Rez and Pauline Her. Oh, man, it's going to be uh, just a great, great two days. Get your tickets now at ctickets.us. That's ctickets. That's S-E-E tickets.us. There's also some pretty cool um, packages, you know, for like tickets and hotels. And you can get that uh, at fuseexperience.com. That's F-U-S-E experience.com. Man, I'm going to be out there. Uh, for both nights check this out it's going to be really really cool and just a great great experience Uh, and that's not the only thing that Disco Donnie has on the docket here definitely check them out at DiscoDonniePresents.com to see all they've got coming up there's the big So What Festival coming up in June uh, and so much more this summer get involved uh, with Disco Donnie and I will see you at Ubi Doobie on April 22nd and the 23rd. See you there. Doesn't this Hall of Fame seem the most thrown together, afterthought, last minute? What you also have to understand is you can only put those people in that are willing and able to commit to coming to Los Angeles and being there for the rehearsals, the actual event, showcasing it at, at WrestleMania now two days later. So if you can't commit to coming to Los Angeles for Thursday, Friday, Saturday for four days, then they can't induct you. A lot of people thought like the Batista. Batista's on a movie set four days to come out here and sit on his ass unless he was shooting in LA down the road or something. I couldn't possibly have imagined buying a ticket to go see that Hall of Fame lineup. I think it'd be like this moving forward. Smackdown, keep people in the room, in the venue a little bit longer. Why are they doing it that way? There can't be a shortage of wrestlers, and there really is no criteria. So everybody is going to eventually get in, right? WWE has this thing about legitimacy. Like, they're just striving. They want to be like the NFL. So they have to, well, what what does the NFL do? Or what does the MLB do? They have the pre- and post-show press conferences. Okay, we have to have to do that. Uh, or the pre-shows and the post-shows. Now, yeah. now the press conferences. Uh, you know what the big award shows? They've got the red. You know what I mean? For us to not know who was being inducted literally until the day before, and two of them, Timmy White and Andy Kaufman from the grave. <laughs> and shout out to from the grave. Great band. 
just up, the, up north from us here, up in Enid, Oklahoma. I think it's also, it's Hollywood. You know, we got to have some sort of Hollywood tie-in. That's a good point, because first when he goes to Hollywood, he yeah. was an you know, he was an actor. But you got, <laughs> got Jerry Lawler. That can induct him. Right, who, yeah. and Jerry Lawler always used to, would host it. Yeah, that's right. And even though he was in bad health and he had to do like a pre-recorded video, mm-hmm. he wasn't there beforehand. I don't think he would have made it out anyway because it's just it just didn't have the thing. And I feel like that some of those people deserve way better. I think Stacey Kigler deserves more, and I definitely think Ray Mysterio does. I love Stacey. She looked fantastic, and I loved it. It was a great surprise for Mick Foley and, of course, obviously Tori Wilson. What you're hoping for it to kind of go off the rails a little bit? I was in Brooklyn for WrestleMania 35 when Bret Hart got attacked. I was... 20 feet from the ring. It was bonkers and how weird it looked on TV. Being in that room was one of the weirdest, uncomfortable moments. And they beat the shit out of that dude. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, like... FTR, the revival, got him and give a uh, little sucker punches. We're, we're, we're going to pull the curtain back. We're going to tell some stories. Yeah. Some sh- kind of like at, at the Grammys. Like, you know, sometimes like people get their little digs in. Hall of Fame as well. And I was watching some really old ones. You know, the ones that are like the 2000s or even the 90s where I don't even think it was ticketed. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure where they even held it. And they're really letting loose and telling stories. It doesn't seem scripted. What you're wanting is this fantastic moment. I cannot say enough about Conan's speech. You're a much bigger wrestler than I I have no idea who he was Mm -hmm. five minutes before he came out there. Somebody next to me said, Max Moon. Everybody in the arena seemed to know know that whole backstory. Made me feel so good and it felt special and right and he had confidence and then I felt like that Ray did really really well I love I love the story so did you see the story about him like he tells the story about and he broke down like legitimately where he was I guess it was just like one of those things where like you know you have that raw nerve in your life that you'll never ever and in this situation, it's a good thing that it still affects him this way. He said something about how when he was training and he was living in a gym, he already had met his girlfriend, now wife, Angie. You guys have probably seen her on recent WD programming. They've been working a, a, a program with her legitimate son uh, and children, Dominic and uh, what's the daughter's Aaliyah. name? Aaliyah. Thank, thank you. He tells a story about how Angie was studying medicine at the time. And he's living in some gym, mm-hmm. trying to be, you know, like if I have a daughter, she's two years old. If my daughter was studying medicine and she decided to quit studying medicine and getting um, nine, uh, a, a, a waitress job mm-hmm. so that she could send a percentage of her paycheck to some guy living in a gym trying to become a wrestler... What, did, what do you think my reaction, what, what, what do you think, right. especially in an Hispanic father, what reaction would be? Yeah. I love it because it just shows you how much she believed in him. And, and how much she loved him. And when you look at him, like you're thinking, like, well, let's meet the guy. Okay. Oh, well, let me see this guy. Is you sure he's going to make it? And if the guy walks in, he looks like, you know, a million bucks. He looks like Hulk Hogan. Okay, darling. Good well, luck. I, good, you know, but it's Ray Mysterio. He's short as Alexa Bliss. My daughter's dropping out of medical school <laughs> <laughs> to get a job at the local taqueria. To, to this guy. To send money to this guy. Yeah. Okay. To become a wrestler. To become a wrestler. You're like, wow. 
Okay? So I love that because it shows you how much she believed in him. It shows you how much she loved him because you can't imagine the adversity that she probably was up against with her own family, right? Oh, yeah. And when Ray, she goes, he goes, and she got a job, she goes, to send me money. And he was inconsolable. I kind of was too at that moment. It was just beautiful, man. It was absolutely, it was that yeah. moment. You, That's you what know, you want with the Hall of Fame. Last year, The Undertaker delivered the greatest WWE superstar of all time. He had to come out and be Mark Calloway. Right, right. Okay? What's that going to look like? What is that going to feel like? And the way he delivered that was such a masterpiece. And speaking of Aaliyah, we missed you, Aaliyah, at WrestleMania. I love her to death. There's a female wrestler named Aaliyah. She was in NXT. She got caught oh, up last okay. year. I love her to death. Mm. She's an equestrian. Or is that what you call that? People that, that ride horses? Okay. It's coming from the heart. And right. it's because you're watching wrestlers that you've grown up with. Yeah. That you've, you've literally watched their entire career. And like, it's opposed to like the other sports hall of fames, NBA or NFL mm. season. Yeah. It's like with wrestling. It, the, it's, it's, it's family. Yeah, like it's family. Ray, really Ray feels like family, right? I mentioned about how the Undertaker's Hall of Fame speech, uh, the Undertaker won Dead Man's Show. Very briefly, yeah. very briefly. I'll spend two minutes on this. I love him to death. I think he's like the, the greatest. And the show could be great, especially showing how great he was in front of 22,000 people at the American Airlines Center and a, uh, an audience of, of, of billions, mm-hmm. how perfect and poised in front of all his peers and on the biggest, probably the biggest night of his career, really, if you think about it. Wife and children in front of him. I have no idea why the life of me that in front of a couple hundred drunk people in, in this little kind of like theater in Los Angeles, he was so goddamn nervous. Okay, mm. he was so nervous, yeah. and has had so many nervous energy and nervous ticks and nervous little things. First of all, you're watching the show; it's on a small stage. He didn't go on until eleven o'clock, and he never stopped moving. He never—he was doing like it would make you nauseous because <laughs> he's almost seven feet tall, uh-huh. right? And when somebody does this, it's because they're nervous. Yeah. He wasn't calm. He wasn't confident. You know, it's hard to imagine the Undertaker being disconfident about something, right? And he's trying to turn it into an act, a bit. So there's things, certain things that had, you know, specific stories he wanted to tell, certain punchlines here and there, things he knew where he was wanting to go. And you know, like when you try to be funny, you're never funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a comedian, I guess, is trying to be funny, but it's not like, you know, at a party you're trying to be funny and you're yeah. never like, oh, I need to be funny here. Right. A comedian actually is it's a performance. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to perform. I think that's what made the Hall of Fame so special that he wasn't really performing. Yeah. It was, you know, in this situation of him trying to perform, he doesn't have, it's not there yet. Like, it was great. It was fun. And I enjoyed it, and it wasn't like it was a disaster, but he has a lot of kinks to work out to make that something that could be a, a, a touring entity, right? Yeah. He's got the marketing down. I'll tell you this. First of all, you could have paid $3,000 to have a shot with him on stage. 
Did people pay that? Well, here's what I think. I think one girl did because I don't think he was proud of it or certainly not proud of the fact that I think only one person did it. Because it was like $3,000 to come up and do a shot with The Undertaker and that doesn't include the $200 ticket to get in. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to charge me $3,000 to do a shot with you, it should probably come with a fucking ticket to get in. <laughs> and he gets to pick what the drink is. So he could have technically, he could have whipped out some yeah. fucking wild turkey for three. Right. Okay, yeah. right? Maybe some alert. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. The show did not sell well at all. I got a ticket dead center on the floor 10 minutes before he went on for $40. Okay? Yeah. And they had these giant urns you could buy for whatever. So here's why I say I think that he didn't. He, he, I, so those of you that spent three grand to come do a shot with me, where are you? It wasn't. He did a, a like uh, he opened up to, to questions Q and A, and this one girl uh, from I think she was from Australia or something, and she was like, hey. Uh, what do you do to relax? He goes, well, I guess I'll just have to go ahead and show you. And he invites her up, and they do the shot together. And the whole thing felt like, like I don't think everybody knew about the whole $3,000 thing. He worked it into the show. He was yeah. like, hey, this is the person that did it. He was right. just, to make it seem like, like she probably had to, to get there early. They probably rehearsed it. And that was probably what she was getting for her $3,000 too, you yeah. know, was that experience. Ready for WrestleMania. You ain't that bad, you got